good morning again to all of you watching online and through the app. It's our privilege that you're joining us today. And good morning, Quakertown. I miss you guys a ton. Good morning, Jason. I uh, hope that you're having fun with all those Quakertown people up there. And for those of you who are new today and you've never been to Calvary Church, you might be hearing me and you'll be like, what in the world is he doing? Who is he talking to? Well, the reality is, is that Calvary Church exists as a multi-site church. We are one church in multiple locations. Uh, so we meet in this room. We also meet in a room in Quakertown. And then we also meet in different rooms throughout this country and world as we have people watching online and through our app. And so wherever you are, welcome to Calvary. And we started a new series last week. And what we called that series, we called it this. It was Ready, Set, that was it. It was kind of awkward, right? It's a really awkward title. It says, ready, set, and there's nothing after that. You're kind of left with this anticipation and this preparation, like you're prepared for something else to happen, and you're left with this expectation of what comes next. And the reason we did that is because we, as leadership of this church, have decided that we need to enter into a season of preparation as we eagerly wait with expectation of what God has next for Calvary Church. And so we wanted to spend this time of preparation and anticipation, uh, beginning it with laying a foundation of prayer. And so this series has been a series about prayer. And what we learned last week when Charles started it is that we learned that God initiates and controls the conversation. Prayer is a conversation that God initiates and he controls. And uh, Charles gave us this acronym for how we can listen to God, for how we can listen to what God is saying. And he gave us this acronym called SOAP. Not like Bath and Body Works or, or, or anything like that. Like it was SOAP. It was Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. And so that's what Charles went over last week. And so we're left with this question, question that, well, if we're to listen to this conversation that God has started and that he initiates and that he controls, well, then what's our response now, how are we to respond? And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to answer that question by looking at five conversational responses. Five conversational responses. Now, what I want you to know up front, here's the deal. I want you to know this up front. This is not a rule book. I'm not giving you a procedure or a process. What I'm giving you are observations about what the Bible says about prayer. So I'm not giving you a rule book. I'm not giving you this, this process, this thing that you need to add you know, laws to your life about. I'm giving you observations today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through five different conversational responses. You ready? So we're going to dive into the first one. Ready? Response number one. Okay, God initiates the conversation. He controls it. We respond. Response number one. Say you're sorry. Say you're sorry. Forgiveness is the very foundation of all that we're going to be talking about today. Ultimately, the other responses that we talk about will ultimately feel empty and ultimately fall short if we do not experience God's forgiveness. Again, remember what Charles talked about last week. We are responding to a conversation that God started. And when we are looking at what God starts in this conversation, what we need to do is jump into the Bible and look at Scripture and see what it has to say. So we're going to do that for each of the five responses that we talk about today. So let's jump into the Bible. If you have a Bible, turn to 1 John. 
Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can take out your phone or tablet, go to the Bible app. If you're here in one of our campuses, and uh, you can use one of the Bibles we have here at Souderton. They're in the seat rack in front of you, Quakertown. They're on some carts in the back of the room. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, take it home. It's our gift to you. It's free. We believe that the Bible is filled with life-changing truth, and we want you to have one. So take it home. If you never read one, you don't know how to read one, give us a phone call. Call us. Our number is 215-723-0963. Give us a call. We'll love to talk with you and help you figure out how to read a Bible. So here we go. We're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Okay, here's what we need to understand. God is holy. He is perfect. There is no blemish in God. He is completely holy. And here's some other news. I am not. I am blemished. I have faults. I am not holy. And just in case you were wondering, so are you. So is all of humanity. We are not holy. And the reason we are not holy is because of something called sin. Sin is simply whenever you do something that God doesn't want you to do, or you don't do something that God wants you to do. That's what sin is. And because of our sin, we declare outright war and rebellion on God. And there's a very real consequence, a very real eternal consequence to our sin. And the Bible calls that hell. It's an eternal separation from God in agony. And if we come into this room and we think, well, I'm basically a good person. If we go through life and we're like, I'm basically a good person, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, then we deceive ourselves. If we read what the Bible just said, we deceive ourselves because we are not holy. But the Bible also says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we had rejected God and outright declared war against God, God sent his son Jesus to pay the price to claim us back and to offer forgiveness to us. But forgiveness demands a response. It demands a response. My youngest son, Justice, well, let's just put it this way. It's been a, it's been a few weeks with Justice. I think I've grown a few more gray hairs in my goatee over here. For whatever reason, it's just been a few difficult weeks with him. But this week, my son wrote a letter of apology. And it was a beautiful letter. It was short. There's this beautiful letter just saying sorry, but also saying, like, this is what I was doing. I'm sorry. I love you. That was it. And when he gave it to us, he, gave it to, he wrote it to both my wife and I. He gave it to my wife because I wasn't yet home. I was driving home. And so he gave it to my wife. And then I got home and I, I see on our bed this, this piece of paper that looks like it had been folded in weird ways or whatever. And so I pick it up and I read the apology. 
And it was a beautiful letter. I put the letter down and I go into the kitchen. And when I'm in the kitchen, Justice realizes that I'm home and he runs downstairs from his room. He runs into the kitchen and he gives me this big hug. He says, Daddy, did you get my letter? I said, yes, buddy, I got your letter. Thank you. Then he says, but you didn't get the full effect. (laughs) I am curious at this point. And I say, what was the full effect, buddy? He said, when I gave it to mom, I folded it into a paper airplane and I threw it into your room. (laughs) And I have learned that that is probably the most effective way to apologize, paper airplanes. (laughs) I want to ask you a question about that. That letter that my son wrote, that apology letter, did it earn my forgiveness? No. My heart was already ready to forgive. Did it earn my love? No. I never stopped loving my son. Well, then what did it do? Well, that paper airplane, that apology letter, allowed his heart to receive the forgiveness that I already wanted to give him. When he apologized, it allowed his heart to receive the restoration of relationship. Because here's what was happening up until that point. Up until that point, he would get upset and leave the room. He would get upset and he wouldn't want to hear from us. He wouldn't want to talk to us. He would hide under his pillows. He would just kind of walk away. Up until that point, he was distancing himself from us. But did you notice what happened when he said he was sorry? He ran to me and hugged me as tight as he could. He hugged me as tight as he could. When we say we are sorry to God, we do not earn forgiveness. We accept it. We do not earn his love. We press into it. So how do we do that? What do we need to do? Well, what does the verse say? We need to confess our sins. Well, what does that look like? Well, it doesn't have to get complicated. We don't have to make this overcomplicated. It can look as simple as something like this. God, I'm sorry for the mess I've made. I'm sorry for the times I've failed. I'm sorry for the times I've screwed up. Please forgive me. I choose Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's it. And if that's something you've never done, you can even do that at this point. You can make that prayer in your heart right now. You can whisper that to God. It starts with the foundation of forgiveness. It doesn't even have to be as complicated as I made it. It can simply be, God, I'm sorry, please save me. Because it's not about the words. There are no magic words to reconciling with God. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. And the reality is, is that what I'm talking about is is this, this path to salvation. But the reality is, is that once that happens, that initial forgiveness that happens, it is not the last time that I'm going to screw up. Trust me, I'm pretty good at it. I mess up all the time. 
And I need to continue to come before God and say, sorry. Because what happens? Here's the deal. When my son was continuing to just do what he was doing and then would retreat, he never stopped being my son. He was always my son. But my relationship with him was impacted by that distancing. And so when we live this life of sin, when we live a life of just completely not asking for forgiveness and doing what we want to do and just kind of ignoring God, there begins to be this distance between him and us. And at times, all it needs to be is that we need to come and ask for forgiveness and say that we're sorry. And when we do that, God will forgive. He loves doing that. He loves doing that. So response one, say you're sorry. Response two, thank him. Thank him. Again, we are talking about five items that are responses to God that we're looking at the Bible. And so we're going to be looking at the Bible again. But my question is, how often do I actually spend time just thanking God? Let's take a look at the Bible. We're going to be looking at Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank God. Just thank him. Every day, we should be having hearts filled with gratitude as we thank God. And what are we thanking him for? Well, we're thanking him for the things that he has done, for the blessings that he has given us, for the many times that he's shown up in our life. Yes, we thank him for that. But we also thank God for being God. When was the last time you thanked God for just being God, for being a good God? a gracious God, a merciful God. You know, there are times when I'll write a note or, or my wife will write a note to one of the teachers of our kids and all we'll simply say is thank you for being a great teacher. Thank you for being that teacher in my kid's life. What are we doing? Are we thanking them for a specific action? No, we are thanking them for who they are. When do we actually do that with God and just thank God for who he is. Thank him. Thank him. Response one, say you're sorry. Response two, thank him. Response three, ask for something. Ask for something. Let's look at the Bible again. Let me reading from Luke, chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
I chose this particular passage on purpose. I originally had a similar passage that was in the book of Matthew, but then I decided to choose this one. And the reason I chose this one was because of the way it ended. The way that it ends in this one is that Jesus ends it with a promise that God will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Ultimately, the purpose behind our requests to God are to receive more of him, more of his Holy Spirit, more of who he is. When we make requests to God, we acknowledge that we cannot do this on our own. We need him. Not just what he provides, we need him. I've heard this passage preached way too many times incorrectly. This is not a name it and claim it thing. God is not a vending machine or Santa Claus. When we pray, we are still coming before the creator of the universe, the almighty God, the one who is in control. We are not dictating, we are asking. We are asking. But we ask with bold hearts. Boldly ask. It's okay to boldly ask. But also have a trusting heart. Trust God, regardless of how he responds. Boldly ask, but boldly trust. You see, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's impacted my life often, is a time when Jesus prayed. He prayed in a garden, a garden of Gethsemane. And he goes into this garden and he begins to pray. And, and, and the Bible talks about how he was just filled with this angst and all this stuff. And it was so much that he begins to like, he begins to sweat these drops of blood. It's just so much. And he makes this bold request to God. He makes this bold prayer. He says, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. It is a bold request. It is a request filled with a heart of faith. It is a request made by someone, the only person in all of humanity who could have claimed perfection. It is a request made by God's own son. A bold request. Take this cup from me. And the answer to that prayer was no. The answer to the prayer of Jesus was no. But because Jesus was told no, we can be told yes. Because Jesus was told no, we can be told yes to forgiveness, yes to restoration of our relationship with God. Because Jesus was told no, we can be told yes. God is good and his ways are good, but they don't always make sense. And sometimes they hurt. And sometimes there's heartbreak. And what I need you to understand is that Jesus makes this bold request. And the result was a time of agony, was a time of pain for Jesus. 
but his heart was bold in his request and it was bold in his trust because in that prayer, he says, not my will, but yours be done. He boldly made a request and he boldly trusted. And because Jesus was told no, God's perfect plan was that we could be told yes. So ask for something. Response number one, say you're sorry. Response number two, thank him. Response number three, ask for something. Response number four, rave about him. Rave about him. Nobody really uses that word. I understand. The only time you use rave is when you're talking about some sort of party or whatever. But rave is like, it's just like this, like, it's like this overflowing, this, this overflowing emotion of just like this thing, something so awesome and so amazing that you just have to let it out and it explodes. We just need to rave about God and tell him how awesome he is. <laughs> Again, let's look at what the Bible says. First Chronicles chapter 15, verse 23. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Rave about him. God is great and definitely worthy of our praise. My wife wasn't feeling so good this past week and one of those days she was in bed and she wasn't feeling good so I made her some chicken soup. I put in some chicken thighs and some garlic and onions and you know, just made a chicken soup and so I brought this chicken broth to her and she said, thank you. Well, the next day she comes to me and she just grabs my hand and she says, you're really sweet. You're really kind. I just looked at her and I said, I think you're really sick. It's because I have a problem. I don't know how to do well with compliments. It's an arrogance thing, just so you know. But the reality was when she said that to me, when she said those words to me, my heart soared. Because when she made those compliments, when she complimented me, it made me think that she thought the world of me. And it reminded me of the reality of her love. It's always nice to hear compliments from someone whom you love and someone who loves you back. Rave about God. And in your praise, let your love be proclaimed to him. Just tell him how awesome he is. Rave about him. Response one, say you're sorry. Response two, thank him. Response three, ask for something. Response four, rave about him. Response five, talk with him. Talk with him. Ultimately, prayer is just talking with God. I have to be honest with you. Uh, originally, this was not what I had up here for response five. Originally, it was talk to God. That's what it was, talk to God. Uh, but I was driving with Wayne, uh, our worship leader in Quakertown, and I was with Wayne. And we're in the car, and we're just talking. I'm going through these different responses and going through the points. And, and then he was like, dude, dude, dude. Actually, Wayne doesn't say dude. 
Wayne says, homie. <laughs> Who says homie? What is this, 1992? So he says, hey, just remind them to listen. And I look at him, I was like, well, that's what Charles talked about last week. God initiates the conversation. We're supposed to listen. Maybe you weren't listening last week, Wayne. You know, that's what we talked about last week. He goes, no, 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 I understand. You know, we listen, God initiates it, and then we respond in prayer, but then we need to listen. And he said, there's a big difference between me talking at someone and talking with someone. And I thought to myself, that's why I hired you for that statement right there, my friend. Because there is a reality, there is a big difference between talking at someone and talking with them. Prayer is a conversation with someone. And when we remember that we are talking with God, then what we remember is that God is with us, that he is there. Talk with God. Because God's ultimate desire is to restore his relationship with us. So let's not overcomplicate things. Just talk with him. Tell him about your day. It's okay to tell God about your day. Tell him about what you liked about the day. Tell him what you didn't like about the day. Tell him about the things that are kind of difficult in your life right now. Tell him about the things that are just going really well. It's okay to tell God how you feel. It's okay to come before him and just tell him like, this stinks. This hurts. Really, it's, it's, okay, to, it's okay to tell that to God? Charles in this series is going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, and it begins with our Father. That's actually a very poor translation. The word that Jesus uses is Abba, and the way that it should be translated is Daddy, Papa. God calls us into this intimate relationship of love. And in this intimate, safe relationship in the arms of a papa, we can tell him what's going on in our heart. Talk with God. Talk with Abba. You know, I'm going to read a verse from the Bible. And actually, I think it's a verse that we should all memorize. If you want to know my honest opinion, I think it's a verse that everyone should memorize. In fact, I think we can memorize it today. Here in Souderton and all you in Quakertown and all of you watching online through that, we're going to memorize a verse today. Two for one sale. We talked about prayer and scripture memory. It's going to be great. It's like you guys had a coupon. We're going to memorize a Bible verse today collectively. You ready? You ready for this? Don't get scared. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to do great. I believe in you. We're going to memorize this verse. Here we go. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. You ready for this? Here we go. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray continually. That's it. That was the whole verse. We can, if you forgot it, 
It's okay. It's, we're just starting here. Pray continually. Two words. It's in the entire verse. Why is it the entire verse? Because it's important. Pray continually. In some translations, you might have heard it as pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Now that we've memorized it, let's actually live it out. Let's live it out. And in a moment, we're actually going to do just that. We're going to actually spend some time praying. In Quakertown, Jason's going to come back up. Over here in Southerton, Jeremiah's going to come back up, and we're going to actually just spend some time doing that, talking with God. But at the beginning of the service, I, I talked to you about uh, last week, and Charles gave us this acronym of SOAP. And that was, that was fun. Like, acronyms help you remember things. And I thought about, like, hey, you know what? I'll come up with an acronym this week. Right? Right? I'll come up with an acronym this week, and then I'll lay a challenge down to Charles. Because, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. This should be easy for him. I said, you come up with an acronym for next week. So he would keep going. Problem is, I don't know if he's just going to make an acronym about me, making fun of me. But it's a risk I'm willing to take. You see, we're going to do an acronym on prayer today. Because here's the deal. Last week, we gave you prayer cards. We gave you these cards for 30 days of prayer. We want to enter a season as a church in 30 days of prayer. And these 30 things are just 30 days of prompting you for different things you can pray for. And if you didn't get one, you can go to the hub and ask for one. Quaker Town, same thing. You can go out to the hub for you and get one. There are these red cards. Actually, someone gave me one of the cards uh, in first service that they found on the floor. Shaped like a paper airplane. <laughs> Apparently that's all you guys took away. But the reason we gave you those cards, the reason we wanted you to enter into 30 days of prayer, the reason we did that for ourselves is because as a church and individually, what we want here at Calvary Church is we want all of us to start praying. We want to start praying. S-T. A-R-T, start praying. And you might be like, well, what does that mean? What do those stand for? I already told you. I already told you. Say you're sorry. Thank him. Ask for something. Rave about him. Talk with him. Let's start praying. Again, this isn't, this isn't a rule book. This isn't a procedure that I'm giving you. This isn't something that you have to look at and be like, okay, whenever I pray before God, let me go through the letters. Did I get it? I missed A. No, actually, we probably would never miss A. But we go, <laughs> it's not a rule book, but it is an assessment. If you look at the five letters and you're like, you know what? I actually never do that one. Or you look at them and like, man, I'm really good at that one, but not so good on the other one. If you look at any of them, you're like, that never occurs in my prayer life. Then maybe your prayer life is a little unbalanced. This is just an assessment. Say you're sorry. Thank him. Ask for something. Rave about him. Talk with him. Let's start praying. 
as we enter into a season of anticipation, expectation, looking forward to what God has next for us, Calvary Church. Let's lay the foundation of prayer and start praying. Let's do that right now. God, we thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for the warm weather you've given us. We thank you for the ways you show up in little ways and just let us know you're there. You're a great God. You really are a great God. And I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have just brought sin to my life. The many times I just mess up and fail and screw up. Please forgive me, Lord. Lord, just spend some time with us. The reality is, is that sometimes it's just hard, God. Sometimes life is just hard. And we just need to know that you're there. So let that be real today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.